Hello there, and welcome to Max Spoilers for Metroid Fusion. I am Kyle Hilliard, and Cyril Vasquez is here with me. Hello. And before we dive into the fusion, of course, we are a Patreon about games, friends, and getting better. If you support us on Patreon, you can have access to podcast versions of discussions like this. You can get access to the MinMax Show, our podcast, a day early, which is a nice bonus. And there's a bunch of other stuff on there that you can really dig into. So check out our Patreon. And with that said, Serial, let's talk about Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Do you want to maybe quickly dive into why we're suddenly doing this for for what I think is a 20-year-old game at this point? Absolutely. Metroid Fusion is a Game Boy Advance game that came out a long time ago. <laughs> and they <laughs> announced recently Metroid Dread, which is a sequel to Metroid Fusion. Like not not like a spiritual successor, not like, you know, later on the Metroid timeline. Like this Metroid Fusion opens with Metroid 4 and they mm. introduce Metroid Dread by calling it Metroid 5. So like if you want to play a game ahead of Metroid Dread, Metroid Fusion is is the main one to do. You're welcome to play all the other Metroids. They're very good games. Yeah. Yeah. Samus Returns might be the other one. I think if you if you want to get a feel for what this new one will be like, yeah. but story wise, it's definitely Metroid Fusion because this follows directly after that. And it's it's funny because I I actually broke out my 3DS, which I I was an ambassador program person, so I was lucky enough to have you know a bunch of Game Boy Advance games on my 3DS. And I broke it out to play WarioWare. And then I was I was kind of looking at what I had, and I was like, oh, Metroid Fusion. I haven't played that in a while. I think the last time I played it was not too much longer after it originally came out. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I'm in a Metroid mood. I'm going to pick it up and play it. And it's not that long. It's like four or five hours. So it's like, it was great. It was totally worth my time to revisit it. I don't know what your sort of you know relationship with suddenly having the need to replay Fusion was. No, yeah, I, I think the uh, I I had I only first played it when the ambassador stuff happened, but I wasn't able to do that this time because the 3ds that I had it, I don't, I can't find, I couldn't find it. So I, I, I think I saw you had beaten it, and I thought, oh, that's yeah, that's a pretty short game. And it turns out that clock is is pretty uh, somewhat inaccurate because it doesn't count deaths, it doesn't count time spent on the map. Uh, and, oh. and there's a couple of other things that doesn't like doesn't count like room transitions. So I think I I I think I ended up spending around seven hours with it, but my time I think was around four and a half hours. Okay. So it's but it it is still like you know it is your like kind of more natural clear time. Um, but I yeah I, I went back to it to play it on the Wii U. Um, where it's eight dollars. Like it's it's one thing we we should quickly touch on is, is that Metroid Fusion, Metroid uh, Super Metroid. And uh, Metroid Zero Mission are all on that console for, like, really cheap. It's surprising uh, how much Nintendo will give players when they're kind of in a disadvantageous position like they were during the Wii U's lifecycle. But, yeah, I I went back to, for the same reason you did, is to kind of catch up on uh, uh, for Metroid Dread. And because, like, you know, I'm I'm just kind of feeling like something quick, you know, kind of knock something out really quick, which is kind of what Metroid Fusion is really good at is making you feel like you are making progress really steadily uh, and really quickly. And yeah, you're never at a loss for where to go ever because you can just always go to the navigation room and it'll be like, you idiot, just go here. Um, yeah, and you know what? Yeah, it's, tw- it, towards the end, I had a couple places where I, I wasn't like, I knew where I, where I was supposed to go, but I didn't know how to get there. But that's about as far as, as that kind of stuff goes. It's not, It's not like a big like Byzantine thing where you're like, oh, I don't like... Okay, I've cleared out all my dead ends and I don't know what to do. It's more a little bit more puzzly than like exploration based. Yeah. And I, I a question that I think is worth discussing up front is like your percentage finish rate. Like I beat it once, uh, and I had like fifty percent completion. And then I went back and, and found all my loose ends and I beat it at about seventy percent again. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm now at that point where if I want to complete everything, it would be a matter of just like really thoroughly exploring everything or pulling up the areas online and just trying to like cross check it's like well i don't have that box there and that's the point for me where it's like i don't know if that's super fun i don't know if i really want to do that you know so i did not yeah. get the 100 percent completion i don't know where you're at no yeah i think i only got around 50 something percent of the items as well but 
I feel like more so than other games like this, it didn't feel super necessary. And the game definitely pushes you along uh, with like a momentum that almost uh, makes you not want to do that as much because like you're fi a lot of the like the energy tanks specifically that you find are pretty much right in front of you as you're on the main path. Um, so by the time I beat it, I didn't feel like uh, like oh I I'm gonna need all this other stuff to stock up on the boss or whatever. Uh, and they do a lot of things like give you a really strong sense of urgency to make you not necessarily want to explore as much, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me. It also does this thing where it's like it actually kind of forces you to beat the game before you can go back mm -hmm. and try to get 100% if you want. Because like there's there's ultimately there is not a point of no return right like you can always go back mm -hmm. like even if you beat the game it doesn't like overwrite your save or anything like that it doesn't like just drop you off at credits and you're done you can go back and and explore the rest of the place but like you have to beat it first because it literally locks all the doors the moment you get that final objective which was like weird for me because i was like i was like well i want to get as much as i can before i go to the final boss and it like it, all the doors are locked i was like well okay i guess i'm gonna go beat the final boss and then you go back to that save right before the final boss and then the doors are kind of miraculously unlocked. I, I know we're like jumping ahead to the yeah. end of the game, but it was like a weird thing that stuck out to me. It's like, I guess it doesn't, it really doesn't want me to, my first run to beat it with 100%. Like it, it just won't let me. <laughs> yeah, it's it it feels surprisingly guided uh, for a genre that is usually about exploration, which is kind of interesting but yeah i i ended up really enjoying this again even the second time through i think this game is is really really well made but i i totally see why a lot of people like don't like they don't really talk about fusion much i think it's either super metroid or metroid prime are the two like metroid games that people tend to talk about a lot and everyone just it, it, metroid fusion feels like this quiet like triumph where everyone is like oh yeah like either you haven't played it or you've played it and think like oh yeah that's probably one of the best metroids uh, and it's a fantastic game, but, you know, I'm not going to, like, like, proselytize it, you know, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a, a lot it, of people do with the other Metroid games. On my person, <clears throat> on my, oh, gosh, I have, I, I have to cough a lot. This is awful. I'm so sorry. Um, on my personal ranking, it's not, like, super high. It's, like, in the middle, you know, like, Super Metroid's way up mm -hmm. there. Metroid Prime 3 is pretty high for me. Zero Mission, maybe I might even put above Fusion just because it's, like, more... I, it's kind of fun to just I like to have that classic Samus look and stuff like that but by no means a, like anything close to being a bad game like fantastic game I, I loved how like sort of compact and, and short it was and it's cool you know yeah I think I think it does a really good job of I, I think a lot of the a lot of what this game does is I think at the time maybe felt a little bit antithetical to the series but I think now feels like I, I it just feels very deliberately placed to give you the uh, like a specific experience that they want because you know like uh, instead of it being one giant map you have uh you know several discrete sectors um which i wish you could look at part, like without being in them separately yeah like just i wish i could kind of yeah. like thumb through the map you know yeah like the the fact that you only have access to the one sector at a time but i think that's part of this game's whole design is like to, okay, here's like half of this sector, right? Because you go back to the sectors multiple times, but it's not like a okay, moving on, and now you have you know like the now you have this this the what's it called the super bomb, and now like go back like explicitly go back through all the other areas. Like you'll go back to a second area because there's a specific reason, like a, a main plot line reason to go back to that area, and so like all the areas almost feel like they're like very specifically like bisected by like okay, here's the first half of then of this area and here's the second half like almost bottom and top uh or like left or right or something yeah and like they explicitly tell you at one point where they're you're like oh yeah if you go into lava sections uh come back later to those like it, it's not there's not like a lot of the self-guidedness of something like super metroid where it's just like okay you're you're kind of just left to your own devices until you can figure everything out um but there is something really cool about just constantly following like be, like constantly knowing where to go and just kind of exploring that world um in a more guided way which i think probably upset some metroid fans you know when they first got a hold of it uh and they were like oh this is like this is just telling me where to go there's way too much story even though it's like pretty minimal and that come like by 
by today's standards. It seems like the fact that there was like a lot of explicit story in be, like in between each section, I think was probably one of those things where it's like, oh, like we just wanted, you know, this this quiet meditative tone uh, more so than an actual story. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Adam, the AI, Adam Malkovich, I think I could see why Metroid super fans would be rubbed the wrong way by it because it's like, I don't really need somebody in my ear to tell me what to do. I'm Samus, mm-hmm. you know? Which uh, yeah, let's yeah. let's we can talk uh, about the plot a little bit. There's not a lot to it, but there's a couple things I like. I like how it opens. Yeah, with like yeah, it it it, it is one of the most dire openings to a game. Uh, in that how 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 messed up you start up as Samus, <laughs> like how much they tell you about like uh, Samus almost died here, and it, like we're gonna get somewhat explicit about how messed up her situation is. It's it's a, a stark reminder of like oh yeah, Metroid like is a really weird entry in the Nintendo canon. You know, like I understand mm. why Nintendo sometimes like or maybe me I'm making assumptions here, but why Miyamoto probably isn't its biggest champion is kind of been the long rumor is that it's like you know, the opening of the game is like, oh, we have to like surgically remove your suit. And it's kind of like this. It's weird, man. Like this is like I don't. Yeah. I'm not used to. You know, Nintendo games don't open with the protagonist having to go into surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It 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 feels like very adult uh, yeah. compared to uh, a lot of the Nintendo premises. Yeah. Do you want to just go like give a quick recap or? Play, yeah. Let's let's do it again. Uh, I, I, how the game starts. I you're actually already closer to it than I am. Like in terms of like the beat by beat stuff. Like I the opening yeah. surgery is weird and it's like they find a. I don't know, like a bacteria, I guess, that can, like, clone yeah. people. So, yeah, so so basically the, the plot is that Samus goes to the planet SR-388 and, like... Memorable name. It's, like, another yeah, another one of her missions, and she, she finds this, like, thing called the X. You later learn are the X. And she's attacked by them, uh, and, like, she, she leaves, and then she, like, basically her ship crashes, and uh, it's, like, pretty... It's pretty dire situation already but then she's recovered by uh the galactic federation for medical treatment and then eventually she is uh like she's operated on uh when they find out that the x has kind of invaded her body and like part it has already kind of done a lot of extensive damage to the point where they cannot sort like parts of her suit are now grafted to her body and to remove them would destroy her body right and so what they do is they use like a vaccine um that I think comes from the Metroid that you save in Super Metroid, I think. Um, yeah, or just a Metroid like in a, general. You an know earlier I mean? Metroid, right, yeah. right. Because I, I think there is very specific – there's a very specific Metroid that she has taken – that she is taking care of at this point. Uh, so they use that Metroid to create a vaccine, and that helps her. But it also it, – they they're explicit about like, well, it also just gives you a weakness to cold, uh, by the way. So be aware of that. Uh, and so – then when she returns to the uh she goes to the space station and then she discovers that the x has is a mimic effectively and she has mimicked samus and her suit right so she's and all and her abilities effectively yeah, her late game juggernaut yeah which is yeah, like so she has she she she's, she's running around in the like iconic metroid suit the yeah the the clone right yeah the very, samus yeah. has yeah. like her new partially grafted <laughs> version and uh it's it was yeah, it's this thing. It's like I, I really ultimately did not remember a lot about the game, which was nice because it really kind of felt like a new game for me. And um, one thing mm-hmm. that pretty quickly stuck out to me is like, okay, I remember this clone thing, and it's like, oh yeah, it it ostensibly chases you through the course of the game. Yeah, and it's like it's funny to hear them talk about yeah, Dread now, where it's like, oh, we needed the technology to have like this scary enemy chase you, and I'm kind of and now having just finished Fusion again, I'm like. You know that that's in there. You know, on a Game Boy Advance. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's much it's more on rails when it happens, but you know, it's not so far yeah. removed from what the Emmy appears to be. We haven't played Dread yet, obviously, but yeah, there's there's definitely like the push to make it a little bit more systemic in Dread. It looks like yeah, uh, and here it's more mostly the set pieces. You can die if they if the SAX sees you, but they're definitely doing it more for a narrative reason than for like a gameplay system. But there yeah. is a lot of like. For a series that I think a lot of people would say is inspired by Alien and pretty explicitly so, this this one feels more Alien-like than the other Metroids I've played in that there is this 
overwhelming threat that you can't do anything about. Uh, we'll get into some of the story reasons, you know, uh, for why you're not necessarily powered up enough to kill her uh, at first. And there is a weird kind of like, I don't want to call it a jump scare, but like the first time you see the SAX walking around, they do like this close up where the camera zooms in like on a 2D plane, zooms in a little bit, and then it cuts to this image of like the 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 clone Samus's head in the visor and it's like this it's like an like two a pair of eyes with no pupils and like just this really scary face and it cuts to it for a, a second and it's they're very much trying to instill you with terror uh not for any or dread. Like, mo- like I mean that's for, just a word that popped in my head. Yeah. But... <laughs> dread. Yeah. Uh where yeah, where they're just they're trying to scare you into being afraid. Uh and I think that I I almost think they're doing that like you know, because it's an interesting hook, but also because they're trying to get you to to think more urgently than you would in something like Super Metro, where it's just like, okay, figure out where you're supposed to go, and it's kind of slow. You're kind of figuring out where to go. You're backtracking back and forth. But here, because there is this threat of the SAX, they're basically telling you, just keep going forward. Like, you, you know where to go. You have to do this before this thing kills you. So just go. And I think that is the... That is the impetus that drives this game is like just just keep going forward don't worry about exploring too much where there's going to be some secrets along the way and you can slow down a little bit but in an overall sense you're kind of just making your way through these environments one by one in a in a pretty linear fashion because like you don't have time to explore right like to really explore because this thing is chasing you yeah and then so that's that's like the main plot driver right and then you have it's an AI, right? It is not a it's not a human person. It's an AI mm-hmm. to kind of help you on this mission, whose name is Adam Malkovich, which is, you know, your commanding officer. Like when Samus was in the military, which you gotta wonder about the timeline of these things because like this was before other M. Um, but mm-hmm. I and then I mean, pretty like years and years before other M to the point of like. Like, I wonder, it's like, were they kind of planning to have him in Other M? Like, because he's he's a, a big character in Other M, Adam Malkovich. Like, you get to see the backstory between Samus and Adam Malkovich in Other M that, like, they sort of had a seed planted here, which was, like, it was weird to, like, see that character preempted, like, so many years before Other M. And then he's, yeah, it's he's kind of like a, it, yeah, it's just odd. Yeah. It's interesting because I think Yoshio Sakamoto directed both games. He directed Metroid Fusion and he directed uh, Other M. So there's definitely this like, who knows if he concepted the entire arc of the of the Adam character back then. But it is definitely very deliberate for him to have introduced Adam here. And then maybe he retconned it. But it is like so much of his character from Other M is established here as like this very stern captain that is like always telling uh samus what to do he's like they're making a note of it like it's kind of he's quietly misogynistic whether it's ironic or not it's like oh he calls her lady he always called me lady yeah uh and like the way the way they that samus talks about him it's always like oh he was like he he was pretty cool you know we had this relationship but it's like from the outside it always felt like okay he's kind of being a weird dick to you but uh yeah it, it is interesting how much of that stuff ends up happening and like being more explicitly explored in other M. So it does feel like uh, this franchise does have the guiding hand of, of, of Sakamoto uh, even yeah. 20 years ago, even though he's just a producer on dread. I mean, I'm get, I imagine he has a lot of, a lot of say in what the story of dread will be. Yeah. I mean, he's Mr. Metroid. He's like, right. He's Al Numa to yeah. Zelda. Right. With that analogy. But uh, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, there aren't a lot of huge, big story moments after that big setup uh, unless i'm like you know please help me serial if i'm re- no. forgetting something but i did like there are moments where you you kind of get some insight that they're they're holding you back intentionally over the course of the game right like yes you they like they're sort of slowly giving you the tools you need to succeed and then but they're like holding some back and i also i did really like the dialogue moments where adam was kind of like Oh, you found that item? Okay, cool. I I didn't think you were gonna find that yet, but uh, please uh, continue on with your new weapon upgrade. You know, like I kind of liked that 
you know, can you trust your the person in your ear kind of. It's not a lot. It's not overwhelming, but it's like it's enough to make it sort of interesting where you do sort of start to yeah. mistrust the people who are talking to you. And it does kind of feel lonely, which is like what Metroid has always been really good at is like making kind of a lonely experience, you know. Yeah, which is like a different type of isolation of not having any human contact versus like the more cynical, like I don't trust people around me. Uh, you know, one of them is literally a copy of myself that I, you know, that is villainous. But then this other, this at uh, uh, the uh, Adam AI is very slowly revealing itself to be not my friend either. So it's like you're just kind of standoffish with everyone, which is a different kind of like loneliness when you, you when you don't feel like you have any friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they very slowly unfurl it because a lot of the plot is just like, okay, the you know this reactor's kind of malfunctioning. You need to go and like disinfect these fans or like you know here's this other part of the station that's busted the metroid has escaped this area uh and you need to go chase it down like you need, we need to stop it from reproducing oh no it's re it's entered that area now it's reproducing things like like a lot of it is very functional but and, and it's not really until the end that you realize that adam it, it, like that we have an alien situation on our hands where um the federation doesn't want the sax destroyed it doesn't want the space station contain like contain it wants to have send a team into um like ex like grab the sax and kind of exploit it right like the same way that Whalen yutani wants to you know take advantage of the aliens and reproduce them and stuff yeah. uh, and at that point like that's when you that's when i think uh, at one point adam explicitly tells you uh like like you were you weren't supposed to find that weapon like that because i think they they don't want you to defeat the sax right like they adam wants you to be powerful enough to kind of solve Survive. all of the problems yeah. that the station has but it doesn't actually want you to destroy the SAX, right? Um, also, there's which a is, again, like the, like the most alien thing they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's a couple other moments that I liked where um, there's one where you're, I think it's like where you're trying to turn on a like a fan or something like you said, and you enter this room yeah. and there's a scientist in there and it's like you're mm -hmm. under the assumption that no one living was on the station and uh, but then when you get close to the scientist, it turns into an, like an enemy that you have to defeat, you know, which is another one of those moments yeah. of like, oh, well, yep, I'm truly alone here. And then the other one kind of under that umbrella is like there's a point where Adam is like, we're seeing some life signals up on the in the, you know, the upper area of the station. So there must be some people that survived. Why don't you go check that out? And when you get there, it's the animals. And it's another one of those moments where it's just yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, I'm I'm genuinely and truly alone here. You know what I mean? Which is cool and effective, you know? Yeah, and there's, uh, like, finding the animals is also one of those things where it's pretty common in Metroid games to find, like, signs of life. But even that, it's, like, it's not a substitute for human contact. And they do end up coming uh, in handy at the end of the game when, you know, they, they're kind of one of the people who are, like, they're the people who bring you your ship, who who effectively evacuate the station when the super, or, like, the, what's it called? The, the final boss, the, like, giant metroid uh yeah. like monster thing uh is attack is attacking the station they kind of leave the the port and then come back at the end um but that's after I, I guess yeah we find a metroid lab which kind of reveals this whole thing to be like an experimentation area where they were explicitly using this station to breed metroids and other alien creatures for you know the benefit of the federation yeah for weapons uh, or whatever like creatures. yeah yeah just a, basically a military facility um, and so, like, the animals do come in handy there. But there is, a, like, beyond that, it just feels like you have just enough signs of life cont continually to remind you that you that up until this point, you've been in your head this entire time. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, that that is a cool moment where that's, I think that's the moment where you get the weapon you weren't supposed to get. You can unlock a security gate that you weren't yeah. supposed to unlock. You see all the Metroids, and Adam basically lays out the plan at that point, right, of, like, yeah, you weren't supposed to see this. Uh, my bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... and, and this is also something that I just thought of now is that this is also around the time when you start uh, kind of sequence breaking the game a little bit because this is around the time where you fight. Uh, I, I think it's the, 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 uh, the, the spider boss. And then, like, the, you can't really go back, I think. Bef um but at one point you start breaking through, like instead of going up to the like the kind of central area and then going to the other sector that way, you start breaking through the sectors kind of horizontally without, you know, without checking in basically with 
the with the atom computer and i think that that is kind of like this really cool thing that the game sets up by saying like okay you you are on this guided course throughout this entire game you know there are some puzzles and stuff where you you know reveal walls and stuff and there are some some optional kind of uh, detours that you can take, but for the most part, you're doing what Adam tells you. And then in this section, it's still like pretty linear, but it's almost the it's the maybe the the least guided section of the game so far is when you're breaking through that stuff, and then Adam realizes that like, hey, what are you doing? Like, what we like, I didn't tell you to go there, right? Which is kind of ends up being this really kind of really strong melding between gameplay and story, I think, which yeah. is like not something that like. It, it is pretty subtle. It's not like this, you know, like incredible genius moment, but it is kind of explicit there the way it, it is doing both of those things that it is both doing that both, you know, uh, thematically and mechanically. Yeah, it's way more interesting than like a cutscene that's just sort of like, oh, yeah. you you foiled my plan. It's like you really you have your own agency and sort of or you feel like you have your own agency anyway and sort of breaking uh, apart the the map and there's even that moment where like you're going up that elevator that you've gone up a dozen times and like the electricity shuts off yeah and it's like it's a cool moment to be like you're going up that elevator and it just suddenly stops and you're like well i don't know what to do you know yeah and of course you yeah, can and, go to the and, right and you can find this whole path and stuff but there is that moment where you're like ah crap i'm stuck this is weird you know yeah, so like it, it is very slowly teaching you how how to like look outside the bounds of the game uh, literally and explore a little bit more. And this is around the time where I think you have most of your weapons, and so you could go back through a few of the sectors and actually uh, find some more items. Uh, and so like it almost feels like a really strong introduction to the Metroid series as a whole, even though like uh, plot wise it, it it is pretty much like smack dab in the middle of the series, and it, there's not a lot of um, it, it's not like a good intro story-wise, but I think in terms of if you wanted to play one of these games, I think Fusion's a pretty good place to start because it introduces you to, like, you know, the grid-based map and how, like, oh, yeah, if you look around, there are things hidden in the environment, but you're, nev- you're, ne- you're not going to get so lost that you, like, you don't know what you're doing and you kind of burn out on it. So it does feel like a really good starting point of, like, oh, yeah, do, do what we tell you. Like, here's kind of the natural path these games are going to take. But also make sure you start exploring a little bit because otherwise it's not going to be as interesting. And I think that that uh, for like a, a game that it that I think it was still like the first Metroid game in like ten years, right? Because Super Metroid was what ninety two. Yeah, no, it was a it was or ninety four. I mean, that was like the year they went all in on Metroid, right? Because I I know like they, I think it was Fusion Prime came out the same day i i day. i think so yeah. i mean i certainly remember i was just talking to a buddy of mine recently and he was like yeah i picked up fusion and prime on the same day that was crazy you know what i mean and it's like in yeah. retro that would be like metroid prime 4 and metroid dread coming out on the same day after this like huge wait you know yeah i i even think that would be a much bigger deal now because i think oh, yeah. even more so than then like the metroid series has gotten this reputation is being almost mythical and like anytime a metroid game releases it's a big deal because nintendo doesn't do it very often yeah uh but yeah like the idea that both this and metroid prime were released on the same day almost as a way of like i think because they felt that metroid prime was such a huge departure for the series not just because it was well it was a 3d game it was a first person it was a first person game and it wasn't developed by nintendo natively it was developed by an outside studio so they're all it like fusion almost feels like an apology for Prime, or not maybe not like a or like compensation for people who might not have liked Metroid Prime, right? To say yeah, like, oh, this yeah. isn't uh, this is the Metroid we remember, and so they they made this to say like, okay, well, you have that. This is what this would look like, but we can't sell this as like a fully priced game at this point. And this is so we have to make the, the Metroid Prime instead. Uh, and it turns out, you know, Metroid Prime is still reviewed as one of the best games ever, but. Uh, it definitely felt like this was them hedging their bets of like if people don't like Prime, we can just keep going with the Fusion series. Yeah, a quick um, a quick Wikipedia like fact check shows that they came out w- like one day apart apparently, like one on the seventeenth, one, okay, one on the eighteenth in two thousand two, which is okay. just bonkers. Like that's it, it, that's nuts. Yeah, that's so yeah. insane. The the idea of Nintendo doing that is like outside of the launch of either console. I, I don't think it launched with either of those platforms, right? I don't think this was like a Game Boy, definitely wasn't Ooh, a Game Boy Advance uh, launch date. I, you know, it was certainly and it definitely. Early. I don't think it was a GameCube one. No, yeah, not it a GameCube one. Really. 
I, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sort of and I don't just do a quick yeah. search because like that feels right, man. Game I remember Boy Dance is March 21st, 2002, 2001. Okay, so there was a larger gap there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, the, for them to do this seems really, really wild. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I do remember right, though. Yeah, like both, both of those games came out really well. Yeah, I do remember actually like it being one of my early Game Boy Advance experiences. Not one that I had at home and played, but like one of the first times I had my hand on a Game Boy Advance was like at a store where they had Metroid in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I want I wanted to talk yeah. about um, a few of the bosses. I actually I, this kind of cemented and an a sort of a, a controversial opinion that I I have about Metroid and that like. The bosses I, I don't love. Like I think they're kind of a weak element of the game. It's it's rare that I find a really good strategy, and it's mostly dependent on me just like just showering them with all the missiles I have, you know. And that like wasn't yeah, that I, I, wasn't too different here. There weren't a lot of bosses where I found a really like a strategy that I felt excited about. Um, but I specifically I wanted to talk about. I think his name is Nightmare, which is the big yes computer okay, yeah. head boss which is visually very cool and distinct and doesn't really feel like it belongs in a Metroid game. It's like, it's kind of this big robotic face with robot arms. And then like, as you do more damage to it, it starts like leaking green goop out of its like mouth and eyes. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, so well, I mean, it starts off with a mask, right? And it's using this like anti-gravity thing to make your uh, missiles useless. And the thing you have to do is you have to use the, the piercing beam that you now have to you have to use the charge shot version of that to basically get through the gravity stuff. And then it's wearing a mask at first, and then it peels off as soon as you destroy the thing. And it's like this really ugly, like bulbous thing that is like kind of bulging out of its like metallic frame, uh, which is a, a it's it's a really cool design. But yeah, like like most of the bosses in this game, it just doesn't. It feels like they have to be there, right, to to kind of make you afraid. But a lot of them, I don't know, like that I found them really satisfying to fight. And this is also like I think. Fusion, I think, more than other Metroid games is really tough. Like, those bosses are not easy. I think if you don't internalize the fact that you're supposed to turn into a ball against the the spider boss, uh, that, like, when it grabs you, that thing kills a ton of damage. And so you don't have a lot of leeway. Uh, so there's that one that I thought was pretty tough. Yeah, and spider then and then the, the, the Nightmare com- boss. Yeah, I, I think that's the hardest boss that I can remember in Metroid is that that is Nightmare. If Which that, one? Nightmare, the computer face boss. Yeah. I struggled with that one. I, I was hitting my head against a brick wall for a while yeah. on that. I I think the big issue is that, like, I don't know what, like, a clean fight against that thing looks like because it, it has these two, like, for one, you have to get right in the middle of these two giant hands in order to destroy the gravity core. So you're almost definitely going to take damage there. And then the second phase relies on you kind of exploiting its AI by, like, making sure that, like, after it kind of reveals its face, it'll start kind of flying around the room and you have to be in a position so that it stops kind of parallel to you so that you can shoot it with missiles. And if you're like, if you basically get it to stop and kind of start floating too low or too high where you can't get to it, you're basically screwed out of one of those cycles. Yeah. So it is kind of this weird, like not super fun fight. I just like, I think you make a great point where it's like, I, I, it's not like I finished that fight and was like, or, or like, let's say I had a bad run or something, and I was like, oh, well, you know what? If I had been there, I wouldn't have taken damage. Like, it feels like a fight that, at least for me, I'm sure speedrunners have it down pat, but, like, I yeah. I feel like I couldn't figure out a way to get past that boss without taking a a, a lot of damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. I also, the, the, last, the last two bosses being back-to-back is also pretty, pretty rough because I think that, um, like, a lot of these bosses aren't, like, I think if they were... In other games, I don't think they would be so difficult. Like the SAX that you fight at the end right before the the giant Metroid, I think is pretty tough. But I think it's only because like every time you fail, uh, you you are dealt so much damage. Um, and like there are just because that that boss specifically you can jump into. And so yeah. there are parts where it's like, oh, I, I tried to jump and then I tried to jump again. And then, like, so we just pumped into each other twice, and it's not taking damage, but I basically just lost a fourth of my health, so I'm screwed. Yeah. On Even though you're screw attacking and then, your heart out, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, you, you have to do that. You have to destroy the little, like, um, bulbous amoeba that comes out of all the bosses, uh, which is, like, a I think we, ha- we haven't talked about is that, like, the SAX are infecting all of the, the creatures, and those that's what makes up the bosses. Yeah, and, um, then, and there's there and were so like, yeah. I think there were like maybe one or two occasions where I beat the boss, and then I got killed by that thing, and I was like, 
All right, come yeah. on. <laughs> Which is such a deflating moment of like, this yeah. is supposed to be the denouement that kind of like leads to you getting a new power. And then I, I died once to the um to the last boss by accident because I didn't I hadn't figured out like what the mechanics was. And the, the second time I I fought him, it was pretty simple. But like yeah. having to like the tension of having to kill the SAX kill the amoeba do the the timed run section which isn't very difficult but it's still like i could screw this up i did actually i did go when i was like where i was unclear that like once i beat it i would be able to go back and get everything you know i did go off and explore a little bit and found a bunch of dead ends and then i like went and fought the boss and ran out of time and you get like a little cutscene of like you know the ship exploding and stuff and i was just like oh oops i didn't (laughs) know i could do that i i I had more trouble with the like the shorter escape sequence in the um, the Metroid lab because I just could not get that like the the series of jumps that you have to do to get through the Metroids. Oh, I just sure. failed it at one point uh, and, and totally uh, bit it. But like doing doing all of that stuff in a row definitely is like a really tense series of moments that I think once you do it, it doesn't feel that bad. But like that that initial boss is is definitely really tough. But yeah, yeah I think it speaks to you. I don't know that. I, I can speak to a ton of Metroid bosses that I think are I think some of them are memorable. Obviously, everyone loves Ridley. Everybody's favorite. They look cool. Dragon or whatever. They always look cool, and I like uh, Ridley's design in Fusion as well. It's it's like a, almost yeah like a little more cartoony, but like still interesting, and I liked it. You know. Yeah. I do like that it is a thing where it's like, well, we have to contain Ridley, and so we freeze it, and then the SAX infects it. Uh, but yeah, like there is. You know, like besides Ridley, I, I feel like the, you don't remember a lot, a ton of the Metroid bosses, but like that Nightmare one definitely stood out. It's like, yeah, I've, I'm not sure I've seen something like this. This feels even weird for Metroid, um, but yeah, I, I think visually a lot of them are pretty cool. I like that there is a, a straight up moment where like you gain immunity to cold, and like right before that, uh, you are encountering a bunch of the SAX uh amoeba that are blue right and so like they they will deal a ton of damage to you oh yeah and so like uh you'll run through this section and it's like almost meant to be like a set piece kind of boss thing where you're just kind of running through all these things and if you don't want to break too much of the environment because it could reveal more of them because like there's a bunch of breakable areas and then the the amoeba will get you and then you get the immunity to cold and all you just get to run back through in reverse order and just like all those things heal you now. Yeah, that so is that's super just fun. like wrecking shop with those things. And so th- those are like that feels like something that would feel more appropriate to like a Metroid game is to focus less on individual bosses and try to make these set piece moments. And yeah, it like feels that's like that that's switch. maybe what Dread is trying to do. Yeah, like that switch there that you're talking about, which I really like too, is like where this really huge threat becomes a, a huge benefit like you know all of a yeah. sudden like yeah i wonder if that's what if that's going to be what's going on with the emmys you know what i mean like they're going to be this colossal yeah. threat in the beginning but I, maybe by the end you're all friends and you get along yeah i i think i think you'd be the, i think people would be disappointed if it, if it didn't have any bosses beyond that and I, i'm sure there will be but my yeah. hope is that like those are the main bad guy in that game is that like you're like there are maybe like two or three more bosses but like Getting rid of those things is the crux of the game, which I think would be a pretty cool inversion on, I think, what Samus Returns did, which, like, had you fight the same boss in different rooms, like, With something like, 40, like a bunch of times, yeah. right? Yeah, which is, which is, like, an interesting experiment in, like, how level design can affect the boss fight, right? Like, just the size of the room and, like, how it's structured can totally change how you're facing these things. But that was definitely one of my problems with uh, Returns was that how every boss is literally the same. And that had to be a remake, right? Obviously, so they couldn't really change that part of it. But I'm hoping that they kind of learn from both that and, you know, having... I'm guessing a lot of those people on staff have played Fusion again um, and kind of go for a little bit more set PC fights. Because there were fights, I think, in Returns that weren't um, Metroids. Like, there, I think there was, like, a giant robot or something that you fight at one point. And that boss was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Um but right. yeah, I I'm hoping I'm hoping they kind of uh like look at the structure of Metroid boss fights and kind of rethink them a little bit. Um but uh Yeah, and I don't even know what I, I, I really want from them. Similar. I think I just I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe something closer to like a Zelda boss or something. You know what I mean where it's like like where it's just you have to use the environment yeah. or like you have to use this new ability that you got in a very specific way. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just even Ridley, I felt like I was just sitting in the corner and just blasting with as many missiles as I could. And yeah, like, that's how it, I it, defeated it, her. 
yeah, Ridley specifically was a boss where it's like, well, I have I have enough health that I think I I can just brute force this boss by just firing bullets anytime. It's just doing anything. Yeah. Um, but I think with maybe with the the dual analog stick shootings, they can maybe do bosses that are a little bit more interesting because you are a little bit more empowered to shoot in various directions. Uh, so like maybe there's like a thing where you have to flip switches or something around the room, and then that's when the the boss reveals themselves. Yeah, like, I think like that. having explicit damage phases, I think, would do wonders for how these bosses are designed where it's like okay do this thing and then like now now here's your chance to do the fight whereas i think a lot of mentored because it is a 2d side-scrolling action game like they do want to focus on like it's attacking but you can also hit it while it's vulnerable right like versus something like zelda where it's like you're not really like uh attacking it until it dies it's like you're you know you have to swing this way or like open this thing and then suddenly the boss feels vulnerable right yeah i think something like that i think could work a lot better for this series which other um, m i think that's maybe did like a the, little bit which you know i know yeah. other m is a dirty word in metroid fandom but i i think if you yeah i think there's actually a lot of cool stuff in other m that uh, gets forgotten uh because of the story you yeah yeah like I, 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 yeah, I, I will totally like. I completely think the story of Metro Prime is both like poorly delivered and kind of really well, other awful M. in a lot of. Are you talking about other M a or lot Prime? Of important, yeah, other M. Okay, uh, other M. Uh, like, I, I think the, the the story of the game is kind of contemptible in a lot of ways, but I kind of thought the game under it. I think I thought it was actually kind of solid. Not my favorite Metroid, but I like. I enjoyed my time with it. I just like. I think the second you people start pointing out those flaws, it's like, yeah, you're totally right. Like that, all that stuff sucks. Um, but yeah, like, like fusion, I feel like is a really good template for them to be working off of now because it feels like a combination of, it feels rife to iterate on this, like to have, to introduce a, a ton of new ideas to Metroid, but also feels like a really strong template for like, here's what maybe a Metroid could look like now, yeah. which I think is a really strong point like, to build like on. Looking at that more than even say super Metroid, you know, which is like, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's do that. You know. Yeah, which is cool. Like, I think super, like obviously, Super Metroid is regarded as one of the greatest games of all time. But like, I, I feel like that that game has been looked at as a blueprint for so many other games at this point that not looking at it, I think, is almost going to lead to a more novel game in Dread than like, okay, like obviously, like if you want to, if you want that kind of like wordless exploration and isolation, like Hollow Knight is totally there to do exactly that in a Axiom lot of ways, Verge, right? right uh, yeah. And there. Are so many yeah there and like every possible mechanic has been layered on top of that basic structure um that i feel like they they, they would have to look at a different blueprint in order to stand out and so that, that's kind of my hope for metroid dread is that like the emmys don't get kind of annoying to fight and that it market like now i think metroid would have to change a little bit for it to stand out among all the metroidvania games yeah yeah I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, one last boss thing I want to touch on uh, very briefly is the when you're fighting the X and you do enough damage and it yeah. morphs into like giant scary Samus monster thing. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. That's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that I, I like that 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 almost feels like the boss I spent the the least amount of time on because it's like it's one attack is to like jump in like an arc that ha that doesn't look like it has that many frames of animation where it's just like I'm gonna be over here and then uh, like watch me follow my arc over here and it's like a boss phase that doesn't last super long I think like two or three charge shots they basically destroys it but I'm glad that it's kind of there of like oh this is what I this is my kind of you know my Frieza form level one and this is like freezer form level three where it's just like all monstrous and stuff yeah uh but like they the fact the fact they 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 needed to keep that in there i think is is kind of interesting because it feels like at the time that you're like oh i just fought one of the hardest bosses in this game and now it's going into a different phase and then you're like oh okay all right great it's not it was dying so it did that yeah. and not necessarily it's, it's not necessarily powering up it is like this is kind of its death rows which i i like I like bot and like end bosses like that in games in general. Yeah. I know some people kind of cite them as a disappointment for like when the second phase is just easy. It's like, no, no, no. I like the first phase hard. And then the second phase yeah. is like a fun, breezy, like let's just destroy crap. You know, like that's, I like that. Yeah, I like I, that kind of approach. It, it kind of reminds me of like one of the weirdest boss fights in a game, which is uh, Sigma at the end of Mega Man X6, where like the whole point of that game is that guy is dead and someone's trying to bring them back, but they don't really succeed. And so at the end, it's just like you're just fighting this like reanimated corpse. And it's kind of like, OK, this is this boss fight is actually pretty easy. Am I missing something? It's like, no, this like the point of that 
fight is that it like that dude is not coming back oh man i think uh, six, I've, next six by the way yeah six i've only beaten once so i don't i don't even remember that man wow uh it, it, it is a it is a weird ending for franchise for it to go out on that um but yeah we're getting well thankfully they came back with seven and and just corrected it was great (laughs) yeah yeah the joke here is that seven is the the worst of the the main franchise (laughs) Uh, but yeah Yeah, i mean overall was like well we'll split the difference yeah it's fine uh i mean overall in general like i i wasn't planning to revisit fusion any time in my life maybe if you told me last year do you think you'll replay fusion i probably would have said i why are you asking me this? I have no, I don't think so. I played it. It was great. But, uh, and it was even, I felt like it was borderline happenstance that I even decided to start playing it again. Uh, but I'm glad I did. It's, it was really great. And like, I, it, like I said, I remembered so little that it felt like a new game and I'm primed for dread. It's short enough where I didn't feel like I got my full Metroid meal. You know, I got like a really great appetizer that now I'm like really excited to play dread. I don't, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about it? Like, are you happy to yeah, revisit I, it? I I really like this game. I think it, it, it for its length, I feel it feels like a very great, like, abbreviate. I think if it were more exploratory, I think I probably would have liked it less for what I wanted it to be, which is just, like, I just need a quick dose of Metroid. I don't want the full, yes. th- uh, like, I don't want the, like, the full satisfaction of, like, I've explored 100% of this map. Like, Fusion pointedly does not give you that stat because it doesn't really care. You have to beat the game everything. to see the stat. Yeah, yeah. Just, just fall. Just come with us on this journey. Like that is the thing that this game wants. But we will give you a little bit of the satisfaction of like, okay, I unc- I used the super bomb and I found the secret location, and now I can kind of roll into this other room and get the secret collectible. Right? Like it has enough of that that I feel like it is a Metroid game. But I like it as like a quick bite, which makes sense for the GBA, right? But I, yeah, I really. I really enjoyed this game for sure. Yeah, it's it's too. I mean, it's funny. You point, we discussed doing this uh, Max spoilers, and you sent me a link of, like a day or two later that well, that the Wii U charts are blowing up with people buying Fusion and Zero yeah. Mission, which is like a. I didn't even know that we still had access to those charts, which is very cool. But like, it also is just this like we're, you and I are not alone in suddenly wanting to revisit this game. And uh, it's it's too bad that it's it's a little hard to get to. Like you have to go back a generation. Like I think mm-hmm. it being available on Wii U is great. I think the Wii U's legacy at this point is is that it's actually like one of the best like virtual console platforms. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can. I mean, it's right now it's the only virtual console platform. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can buy like Advance Wars and like Golden Sun yeah. are available. It's available on there. A bunch of GBA games. I yeah. I remember like I think. Towards the latter, like the earliest days, I was at Game Informer. I, like those would be like new releases. Like we would write those up sometimes when a notable game came to the Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah. Uh, and like I, I mean, it just kind of felt like whatever. Like who cares? But now it just feels like no. This was way more meaningful because it 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 was like what Nintendo could do. Like I said earlier, like when they're kind of uh, in a disadvantageous position, right? When they're not, when they don't feel compelled to like. Like, yeah, like, everybody's going to buy a Switch anyway. We don't care. So, like, I think as part of trying to make the Wii U sell better, they were like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff onto this virtual console thing. Everyone loves our retro games. Let's let's do that, right? Yeah. But I think now, I imagine their reaction to this is like, oh, we still have that? Why why haven't we gotten rid of it? Like, (laughs) versus, like, oh, people would pay a, a lot of money, like, would pay us a bunch of money collectively if we just made all of our games easily accessible and we wouldn't have to do the thing where we are known as the the most litigious company when it comes to fan projects, right? If we just made all these games, like, easier than piracy to obtain like people would stop complaining to us right but instead they're probably going to see this and see, and think like oh yeah shut it down like we don't we don't we 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 may at some point release uh metroid fusion uh as a 60 dollar game down the road so why would we have this version <laughs> of it which is uh, yeah. really frustrating yeah yeah but um yeah it's super frustrating i i, I yeah i hope they look at it uh, I, I would yeah, I don't even know. I I don't want that reaction, even though I would embarrassingly buy that like right away. I, maybe not Fusion alone for sixty bucks, but if they put a collection yeah. and Fusion is on there, I would get it, and I would complain about it, even though I'm part of the problem. But uh, yeah, it's. Too, I, I mean, I want. I hope that they are seeing that Wii U chart bur- bubble, and are like, oh, we should have put Fusion on the Switch 
for 10 bucks. People yeah. would have bought that or just put it on Nintendo Switch online. People would have subscribed, but I don't know if that's how they're reacting. That's how I hope they're reacting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's yeah. So who knows, but uh, hey, at least at, like it always feels like hey, at least we're at least they're releasing a brand new product that we can all buy, right? But it feels like at, well, at least they're giving us a new Metroid game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh yeah, so that's that's Metroid Fusion. Like like I said, really enjoyed yeah. revisiting it. I, if you have the means to do it, I, I would actually recommend doing it before Dread because it's like it's light enough yeah. that you can get through it quickly and it it's there's probably going to be some callbacks in 5 to things that happened in Fusion and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah like I, I don't think it's like a thing where you're going to be lost if you don't play Metroid or Fusion. No. But it's like if you want like a quick experience with Metroid as like a primer to Dread, I think Fusion is a great first Metroid, and it it feels like it won't be a thing where you get your fix out of it. And you like I think this is a game that is perfect in how it'll get you excited for more metroid uh yes as, and also be a good game in and of, of like, itself maybe yeah. even more so than super metroid honestly like because you can play yeah. super metroid on your switch which is awesome and that's great and it's a fantastic game i don't know if anyone's ever told you that before but it's true uh, oh yeah no, never but like i mean like like if, if if every metroid was in front of you and you're like i've never really played it which one should i start with before dread i i would say fusion like honestly you know just yeah. to because yeah. It's it's it'll get you the hang of the the sort of the genre and yeah anyway the controls uh, yeah get it however you can Let's yeah see. yeah well thanks uh, Serial so much for uh, playing the game to chat with me it was funny I we I had yeah, casually yeah. mentioned that I beat it and I was like yeah it might be fun to do a video and you're like I gotcha I'm gonna start playing it <laughs> yeah yeah like at some point it's like hey uh, I beat Metro Fusion do we want to do a spoiler cast and I was like. I could, I could play through all of Super uh, Metroid Fusion right now. That's that sounds good. Yeah. And I just did that, and yeah, it was it was a it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Well, thanks uh, so much for watching, and um, yeah, go check out uh, what do we got? What's recent? I uh, Leo and Jeff's E3 roundup is uh, the best thing on the internet, bar none. It's just fantastic. It's 30 minutes of amazing <laughs> yeah, even, jokes. Even if you're already tired of E3 stuff, I think it's worth watching. Please watch uh, We it. did release. Uh, uh, release a video essay where we talked about the quiet dignity of, of smash brothers in terms of being a giant crossover and how it kind of is very different from other um crossovers so make sure to check that out as well cool yeah uh, deepest dives min max show all that thanks so much for tuning in thank you serial uh we'll talk to you soon yeah thanks for having me oh wait what does hansen always say Bye. at the end he has a thing uh be good have, be, be good, good have, have fun, fun. Let's, go. let's go there we go all right Bye. You can help support independent games media by subscribing to MinMax on YouTube here, or you can support us over on Patreon to unlock exclusive shows like MinMax Council. You can call into our podcast. You can put a picture of your choice on every MinMax video, or you could have us plug your passion project on the MinMax Show podcast. MinMax is a Patreon about games, friends, and getting better, and we exist because of you. Any help telling a friend's appreciated.